Support for this program is provided by Chevron. So, Zach, you start out your story by saying that coal is the fuel most responsible for climate change. Can you explain to us exactly how big a part of the problem coal represents? Well, when we talk about trying to stay under that one and a half degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels, you, you can't even have a fighting chance at that if you build all the coal plants that China alone is planning to build within their own country and also financing overseas. Coal is the dirtiest fuel that you can power anything with. And in a lot of the rich world, countries are phasing it out. But it is also a cheap fuel, and in some places it's abundant. But if you were to power all the people in the world who don't have power with coal, uh, then you're going to be putting these temperature goals at risk. I'm Annie Snyder. This is Politico Energy. And today... Zach Coleman on China's ambitious, or is it actually ambitious, climate promise. It's Thursday, September 23rd. So on Tuesday, China's leader Xi Jinping made a huge announcement at the UN General Assembly. What exactly did he say? Well, the exact thing he said was that China would no longer build new coal power plants overseas. And it's crazy how, you know, when you're being brief, how that can also invite so much ambiguity because... A lot of people in the climate finance and climate policy community, even the UN Secretary General, took that to mean China would no longer finance coal. And that's a big issue because Chinese public money is actually the largest source of public funding for coal overseas in the world. So when you make that announcement, it's like, oh my gosh, this is huge. But He actually used the word build, so that has created a little bit of confusion as to exactly what China means. So we don't entirely know exactly what China has committed to. Everyone I've spoken with the last 24 hours has said, well, the details matter here, and we just don't have a lot of them yet. Hmm. Okay, so what exactly China's committing to is unclear at this point. Did she offer a timeline? No, there was no timeline, and I think that's one of the biggest things here. There's a long timeline for for building a power plant overseas. So around the world, there's 40 gigawatts of Chinese finance coal power plants that are in the approved but pre-construction stage. But do those count as new projects? I mean, they've been on the books. So we don't really know exactly what China is committed to in terms of when this policy takes effect and what projects it does affect. So there has been a lot of conversation recently about this question of investment in coal abroad. We also saw Japan and South Korea make promises earlier this year along those lines. But what are these countries doing about their own domestic coal investments? Are they making similar commitments on that side of things? No. Suffice to say that coal is still alive and well in Southeast Asia. You you think about places like Japan where they don't have a lot of Uh, natural resources of their own, and they're shutting down nuclear power plants. I mean, when you look at baseload power, it's going to be a lot of coal, and they also have uh, national industries that specialize in making coal equipment, and they want to export that to other countries as well. China, you know, if they were to build the hundreds of gigawatts of domestic plants they have planned, uh, you know, we have no shot at keeping global temperatures under one and a half degrees Celsius, let alone two degrees Celsius. And that's a point that John Kerry, the special climate envoy, has made time and time again 
in conversations with Chinese officials. And of course, we're now less than two months away from COP26, right? I've, I've heard that you might be looking for a couch to surf on while you're there. <laughs> I think we, we figured it out, but yeah, I was trying for a little bit. Yeah. Glad to hear it. So does China's new announcement affect the expectations for that summit? And do you think that we might see some some additional details there from China on, on these big outstanding questions you've described for us? I think it's undoubtedly a good thing for climate diplomacy that China even said anything about stopping building coal power plants overseas. But what a lot of nations are going to press China to do is to explain exactly what they've committed to before we head into the climate talks in November. China is the number one public financier of coal. So if you take them out of the equation, there are a lot of nations around the world that have lost access to capital to build these projects. And that could mean an entirely different energy source that's zero carbon or lower carbon. Now, China is not the biggest financier of coal overall. 87% of finance for coal power plants come outside of public Chinese money. So this alone does not solve the issue of financing coal, but it is a signal to the market. Well, that's an interesting point you make that if the if the funding for new coal projects dries up, countries are going to have to come up with some other sort of solution for their energy needs. Do we have any sort of color around what that might look like? Is China stepping up offering investments on the green energy side of things? Are other countries? It's a really interesting question because at the same time, in the same breath that President Xi made his announcement about stopping coal investments overseas, it said it would step up support for green energy and low carbon energy. So one would assume that they are also going to push their banks to offer more finance for lower carbon and zero carbon alternatives. That's certainly the Biden administration's perspective. They want to present other nations with a more attractive suite of financing options for zero carbon and low carbon energy so that they're not swayed by cheap money to build coal power plants coming from China. Also, the Biden administration is considering cutting the biofuel blending targets for 2020 through 2022. Still preliminary documents obtained by Politico indicate the Biden administration is weighing cutting the amount of biofuels that oil refiners would need to blend. If finalized, the cuts would be a big win for oil refineries and a huge blow for farmers and ethanol producers. According to biofuel industry leaders, the cuts would add millions of tons of carbon emissions to the air. Already, Midwestern lawmakers and industry leaders are holding the EPA and the White House's feet to the fire. Earlier this week, a biofuels producer sent a letter to the president asking the administration to force oil refiners to meet the 15 billion gallon minimum required by law. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morning energy. And don't forget to head over to politico.com slash pod survey to tell us your thoughts on the show and all other Politico shows you enjoy. There's only one way to get us to continue making the shows you love, and it's by telling us exactly what you'd like us to do next. So again, politico.com slash pod survey. We're also leaving a link on our show notes. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Annie Snyder, and we'll see you tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. 
Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future.